This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Today is Wednesday, April 28th, 2021. On this day in 1908, an arsonist burned down the home of Belle Gunness, killing her three children and possibly Belle herself. The fire helped authorities discover a chilling secret that Belle Gunness killed and buried dozens of victims around her property. Welcome to Today in True Crime, a Spotify original from Parcast. Due to the graphic nature of Bell Gunness's crimes, listener discretion is advised. This episode includes dramatizations and discussions of murder and dismemberment, including the murder of children, that some people may find offensive. We advise extreme caution for listeners under 13. I'm Vanessa Richardson, and today I'm joined by our guest host, Alastair Murden, of the Spotify original from Parcast, Superstitions. He's here to discuss some of the historical aspects of today's story, while I'll cover the narrative. Hello, everyone. I'm looking forward to delving into who was once the Guinness Book of World Records' most prolific female serial killer. Let's go back to LaPorte, Indiana, on the morning of April 28, 1908, around 5 a.m. Sheriff Albert Smutzer woke in the pre-dawn dark to the sound of someone hammering on his front door. He found his deputy standing in front of his home with another man, Joe Maxson. Joe was a farmhand at the Gunnis place outside of town. Joe reported that the two-story country house was burning down and they needed to get there fast. 48-year-old Belle Gunnis and her three children were still trapped inside. The sheriff drove his red Ford past a crowd of 50 onlookers to get to the Gunness property, but there wasn't much of a home left. Three charred walls and a tower of black smoke were all that remained. A concentrated fire still raged under the earth, down in the cellar. The brutal heat pushed any rescuers back. Smutzer ordered the crowd to pull down the remaining walls, then form a line to haul up water from a nearby lake. As dawn lifted over the horizon, Smutzer could finally get close enough to look into the cellar. This looked to be a clear case of arson. Smutzer, Joe the farmhand, and ten others grabbed pickaxes and shovels. They started digging for the remains of Belle and her children. As they dug through the smoldering ruins, the townsfolk gossiped. Belle's former farmhand, a troubled man named Ray Lamphere, was seen lurking near the farmhouse that morning. Everyone knew that Ray was obsessed with Belle. 
Belle herself was plagued with tragedy after the deaths of two husbands. She relentlessly pursued love through lonely heart ads in the paper. The men coming to Belle's place drove Ray mad with jealousy, but her strategy seemed to fail and her men always departed in the night. Strangely, no one ever saw them leave town. As the townspeople talked, a neighbor struck something soft under the smoldering ruins around 3.45 in the afternoon. He announced that he had found the Gunnis family. The most intact body was five-year-old Philip. His forehead was bashed in and the fire had burned his legs off below the knees. 11-year-old Myrtle and 9-year-old Lucy were even more charred and disfigured. Belle's body was the least intact. It was an unrecognizable mass of bones poking through blackened flesh, with charred muscle and internal organs visible. Most importantly, the head was missing, though it didn't look like it had been burned off. Sheriff Smutzer wasn't certain this was actually Belle Gunnis. Belle was a large woman, both in height and girth, but the body in the cellar was thin and small, and they couldn't find her skull. As searchers foraged the ruins for Belle's missing head, two deputies arrested Ray Lamphere. He denied everything, but the police were certain that he had a hand in the fire. But the true horror was yet to reveal itself. On May 2nd, four days after the fire, a Norwegian named Asla Helgelin walked into Sheriff Smutzer's office. He was looking for his brother, Andrew, who had come to Laporte to marry Belle Gunness. After writing love letters with Belle for months, Andrew brought all his savings to the Indiana town, then simply vanished. Asla read about the fire and wanted to see the property himself. It was the last place he knew his brother had been. A few days later, Smutzer drove him out there. Joe the handyman and a neighbor were still picking through the ruins for the missing skull. Asla held dark suspicions about his brother's whereabouts and asked Joe about any soft spots around the property. Joe pointed out a recently filled in refuse pit. They started digging and found a burlap bag and a severed arm. Asla's brother, Andrew, was inside the bag, chopped into pieces. And he wasn't the only one buried on the property. Over the next week, they excavated more limbs, more naked torsos, and more heads. Sheriff Smutzer stopped counting at 12 bodies. They were badly putrefied and jumbled together. They could not tell the men from the women, nor match limbs to torsos. Locals speculated that the missing body parts had been fed to Bell's pigs. They knew that this wasn't the work of one of Bell's many suitors. This was the work of a psychopathic mastermind. This was the work of Bell Gunness. Sheriff Smutzer began to sweat. If that wasn't Belle's body in the cellar, then she must have had a hand in the arson. She murdered her own children, and she was still out there. Up next, we'll look at Belle Gunness and her killing spree. 
Hi, it's Carter from Parcast, and I'm hosting the new limited series, Hollywood Scandals. We all know that Tinseltown is the land of glitz and glamour, but look closer past the allure of bright lights and red carpets. There, you'll find a more disturbing tale, one filled with tragedies and transgressions so damaging they've turned hopes and dreams into high-profile nightmares. Every Monday on this Spotify original, discover the real-life dramas of some of entertainment's biggest names. From the mysterious drowning of Natalie Wood and the murder trials of comedian Fatty Arbuckle to the star clients of Hollywood Madam Heidi Fleiss. Each episode of Hollywood Scandals has been curated from shows across the podcast network, covering over a century's worth of controversies, from the silent era into the digital age. Fame and fortune may be fleeting, but scandals, they stand the test of time. Follow the Spotify original from ParCast, Hollywood Scandals. Listen free only on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now back to the story. On April 28, 1908, an arsonist burned down the home of Belle Gunness, killing her three children and possibly Belle. However, the fire helped authorities discover a chilling secret, that Belle had killed and buried dozens of victims around her property and may have set the house fire herself. Now my guest Alastair Murden will walk us through the historical context surrounding the attack. Thank you, Vanessa. The discovery of at least 12 bodies on the Gunners' property changed how people perceive the mysteries surrounding Belle. She was born Brynhild Storchef on November 22, 1859 in Norway. She did farm labor in the community to support her impoverished family, then moved to America sometime after 1881. Calling herself Belle, she worked as a maid in opulent Chicago homes. An uncompromising desire for wealth bloomed inside of her, molding the Norwegian immigrant into something sinister. Her first husband, Mards Sorensen, died on July 30, 1900. Belle had already burned down their candy store and home, collecting the insurance money. Two of their four children already died as well, with symptoms suspiciously close to poisoning. Mards died while he was between two life insurance policies. For Belle, that was a jackpot, winning her $8,500, the equivalent of over $200,000 today. At the time of his death, some suspected that Belle gave Mards a lethal dose of morphine or strychnine, but his death wasn't investigated. Bell moved out of Chicago with the money and bought a 40-acre plot of land outside of LaPorte, Indiana. She married a local widower named Paul Gunness on April 1, 1902. 
Paul's infant daughter died mysteriously within a week of the wedding. Then, Belle murdered Paul in December of the same year, while pregnant with their son. Authorities found Paul laid out in his kitchen with the back of his skull bashed in. Bell claimed that a meat grinder dropped on his head in a freak accident. And even though Bell's daughter Myrtle reportedly told a classmate that her mother hit Paul with the meat grinder, nobody took her seriously. After that, Bell started writing lonely hardheads in Norwegian newspapers, targeting stable middle-aged men with money in the bank. Bell was not a great beauty, but her 40-acre farm drew men in. She received as many as eight letters a day from suitors. When they visited, she had them drag their entire net worth along to Laporte. But Bell made two fatal mistakes. In 1906, her ward, Jenny Olsen, vanished from the farm. Jenny's friends weren't buying Bell's excuses that Jenny moved to California. They were right to be suspicious. Then, Bell hired Ray Lamphere, a drinker and gambler. Bell used Ray for sex, then had him help bury sacks containing the remains of the men she killed. But Ray grew jealous of her suitor victims, forcing her to fire him. Relatives of the missing men, Jenny's friends, and Ray all hounded her. Belle wasn't sure she could keep her secrets buried for much longer. Then, her house mysteriously burned down on April 28, 1908. After Belle's killings were uncovered, a court sentenced Ray to 2 to 21 years for burning down the Gunnis house, but not murdering the family. He died from tuberculosis on December 30, 1909, after giving two contradictory confessions. In one, he admitted to a pastor that he tried to blackmail Belle after witnessing her poison Andrew Helgeline. Arsler's lost brother, Bell wouldn't give in to his threats and fired Ray. Ray said he returned in the night and started the fire in revenge. Ray gave a different confession on his deathbed to fellow inmate Harry Meyer. In this one, he said that Bell killed her children, then had Ray drive her to a spot just outside Laporte. From there, she traveled to Chicago while Ray burned the house to destroy any evidence. The body in the cellar belonged to a housekeeper whom Bell had decapitated. Ray said that Bell was still alive. After Ray's death, Bell Gunnis became a local boogeyman around Laporte, a figure some thought they spotted stalking around the old property, appearing in flashes of light, then quickly running off. Outside Laporte, people also reported seeing Bell in various disguises through the years. The most popular case was with a Los Angeles woman named Esther Carlson. In 1931, Esther poisoned her elderly charge, claimed his savings, and then tried to poison an accomplice. After her arrest, Esther suddenly died, so the trial never occurred. But according to rumors, police discovered a photograph in Esther's apartment with three young children, two girls and a boy. 
They may have been the three Gunnis children who died in the fire. Although this popular theory endured, by now, it seems most likely that Esther Carlson and Bell Gunnis were two different people. Today, most people believe that either Ray killed her in the house fire or Bell engineered her escape, leaving only ash and smoke. Thanks for listening to Today in True Crime. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Alistair, thanks again for joining me today. Thanks for having me. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. You can find more episodes of Today in True Crime and all other Spotify originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. We'll be back with a brand new episode tomorrow in True Crime. Today in True Crime is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Juan Borda, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Bruce Katovich. This episode of Today in True Crime was written by Daniel William Gonzalez, with writing assistance by Alex Benedon, fact-checking by Claire Cronin, and stars Alastair Murden and Vanessa Richardson. Hey there, Carter again. Before you go, remember to check out my new podcast limited series, Hollywood Scandals. In anticipation of the Oscars, we're unearthing some of the most sordid controversies in showbiz history. Tune in every Monday. Follow Hollywood Scandals free only on Spotify. <laughs>